This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hey, this is Jesse. And this is Scott. So, so what's going on this week, Jesse? Well, I was, you know, there's this website I've been cruising called, um, I think it's called the Golden Age, the Golden Age of Science Fiction. I was trying to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's always got really cool covers, pulp covers or comic book covers or something like that. And they had all these Argosy covers. I've never really seen Argosy before. It's an early um, fiction uh, pulp with uh, basically every kind of, of uh, pulp fiction. Uh, but they do a lot of science fiction and adventure and that sort of thing. Uh-huh. You know the one I'm talking about? I do, yeah, but I can't remember what the URL is. Here it is. It's Golden Age Comic Book Stories, I guess. Let me just check this out. Uh, .blogspot.com. And they had all these awesome Argosy covers, which um, it's, I guess it's a, a really early pulp. Um, must have gone for a while, though. A few, and they're just stunning. Um, oh, man, that's gorgeous. Uh, sort of big, bold, you know, the the four-color scheme and then awesome art. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you see if you saw this on the stands now, how could you not pick it up and buy it? The first Pellucidar book just came out this week uh, from LibriVox. Yeah. Um, uh, at the Earth's Core, I think it's called. Right. Yep, it is. Wow. I'm going back there. You posted something about um, the Princess of Mars as well. Yeah, that that's uh, out too. Uh, this time with a solo narrator. So the the mm-hmm. previous one was uh, multiple. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the things that LibriVox does that is ungodly. But um, uh-huh. other than that, it's. Uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it works okay when it's a, a collection of short stories, but once mm-hmm. you you get started on a book, if it suddenly changes narrators, you know, not as happy, I think. Yeah. I like, um, you know, some of the titles, you know, like Ender's Game pops to mind, where they change narrators based on the point of view of the chapter. Yeah, yeah. But that's I, not, I that's that. not what's going on here. That's Oh, okay. Um, well, at least not usually. What usually is happening is they want to make an audiobook uh, come out faster, and so they mm-hmm. break the work up and give oh. it to 15 people at the same time. Um, or, you know, one guy starts it and gets tired, and somebody else takes it up. Yeah, I, I imagine that would work okay if all the narrators were good. No, even so. Like, um, you know, different pronunciations, different accents. Um, mm-hmm. They're not, they're not coordinating the work to you know figure out how to you know do do uh, what what slant to give the the characters dialogue and all that stuff. So it's not it's not the same thing as as uh, the Ender's Game situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know um, some publishers believe that an entire series should be read by the same person. Yeah. You know, the thing that leaps to mind is uh, Stephen King's Dark Tower series. Um, Did that. The, the, that was originally read... Well, I think that Stephen King actually read the first book. And then they re-recorded it with Frank Muller, who's one of my favorite all-time narrators. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Frank Muller got in a terrible accident. That's right. And they re-recorded all of them again... Um, but anyway, when he did that, they re-recorded all of them with George Guidal as the narrator, rather than uh, keep the Mueller ones and then change to Guidal later. Um, this reminds me, um, uh, it was weird, I was watching um, uh, that show, have you seen, called Criminal Minds? Uh, no, I have not. Um, it's like a... It's, it's like a you know murder of the week sort of show, CSI, etc. Um, with the FBI profilers being the the heroes, they go around the United States solving uh, serial killers or serial whatevers, and they just give a profile. Um, and uh, it just reminded me that um, that one of the characters um, 
the geeky character on the show um, was was uh, really excited. He said, "Road trip, that's great." Um, gives gives us a chance to listen to that new copy of of Isaac, Isaac Asimov's uh, Foundation trilogy, as read by Peter Coyote. And I'm thinking, <laughs> wait a second, Peter Coyote did a, a version of of. Uh, <laughs> Isaac Asimov's Foundation trilogy—that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, it would. I don't believe it's a—it uh, exists. I'm just looking it up now. Um, uh, Books on Tape Foundation trilogy to which Reed refers does not exist. Peter Coyote has narrated many audiobooks, but Asimov's Foundation trilogy has never been released. Some more Lobervox stuff that came out this week, yeah, other than uh, Princess of Mars. Um, there was the Castle of Ortranto, which is um, a 1764 novel. It's uh, it's, it's described on Wikipedia as one of the first, or if not the first, uh, Gothic novels. Hard to explain what it's about because I don't really know the details, but... <laughs> it's huh. uh, done by a single narrator, which I think is uh, going to give it a good chance for having a good listen. Um, well, good. There's also um, Mary Shelley's book called The Last Man, which is, you know, by author Frankenstein. Um, uh-huh. And this is, uh, this one's a little easier to explain because it's, um, the title is kind of familiar, right? Uh, the Last uh-huh. Man on Earth, etc. Um, yep. it t- book tells of a future world that's ravaged by plague um, that's gradually killing off everyone uh, Lionel the central character is the son of a nobleman who gambled himself into poverty finds himself, himself immune to being attacked by an infected negro in quotation marks and copes with a civilization that is gradually dying out around him when I was looking up the details on this one it actually appears that uh, this uses a lot of biographical Information from Shelley's own life, which is uh-huh. kind of strange. So, it's uh, it's not um, it's not like set in the distant future. It's set in a, I guess, near future for Shelley. So it's like a vintage end of the world story. Oh, neat. I guess I guess there's they're all like that. Like I was thinking of um, uh, what's that one um, with uh. Uh, it's called On the Beach. Who's the author of that? Oh, uh, Neville, Neville Shoot. Shoot. That's right, Neville mm-hmm. Shoot. Um, that one is vintage as well, right? It's set uh, not in the 21st century, but in, in the, I guess, the very near future of whenever it was written. Right, yeah. I think that's a great book, by the way. Yeah, me too. Me too. Sort of a classic of uh, apocalyptic fiction or whatever. Um, and then the last one that came out in this batch that I posted about is called The Wood Beyond the World. And this is actually, I, I did up the whole post of it, and then I got I checked my email, and Corey Samuel um, said, here, it's done. I said, oh, yeah, that's nice, but uh, why are you telling me? And he said, you know, yeah, it's oh, it's from the SFF Audio Challenge number two. And I said, oh, really? Uh-huh. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> That's uh, it's pretty it's pretty funny. I completely forgot about it. He he actually took the project on uh, eleven months ago. Oh, and you know after eleven months and you don't hear anything, you kind of figure it's it's sort of in the wind, right? Uh-huh, but right. it's finished. And um, this is this is another old one. Um, it's a fantasy novel uh, by the first modern fantasy writer is the idea. William Morris is the author. Um, and it's, let's just read this description here. Uh, it's use of archaic language has been seen by some readers as making it fic- uh, as making the fiction difficult to read, but it brings a wonderful atmosphere to the telling. Morris considered his fantasies a revival of the, ma- uh, of the medieval tradition of chivalrous romances. In consequence, they tend to have sprawling prots Plots strung together adventures. Plots of strung together adventures. In this story, Walter leaves his father and his own unfaithful wife and sets sail in search of adventure. This he finds aplenty, accounting love, treachery, and magic in the wood of the title, traveling through the mountains of the folk of the bears. But he can can he find happiness and peace by means of this quest? 
Huh. Um, very old, but um, sort of the forerunner of modern fantasy fiction altogether, a novel form of five hours, so it's a good good length. And the only real barrier is it is very flowery. It uh-huh. sounded like it was quite hard to, to record oh. with all that. Um, you know, it, it, the, the way a book is written can really affect it. Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, you, have, you and I both have had the experience where we listen to something that just doesn't really work on audio. That's, uh, was, yeah, actually, um, I, I was reading an email by, uh, Julie. She was saying that she was having trouble with, uh, an audiobook she just got from us. Uh huh. And, uh, I won't mention which one because maybe that'll make her come on the show and tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Um, last one, last one, uh, from LibriVox this week. That is very cool. I think this is probably the coolest little title I've never heard of. Um, it's called A Houseboat on the Sticks. Did you read this story I posted? I posted it late I last did, week. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw it this morning. This is a very cool idea. Um, it's by a guy named John Kendrick Banks, who I I countered earlier this month, or late last month. I, I think it was earlier this month, uh, in a short story called Ghosts That Have Haunted Me, which is it was in the LibriVox collection 006 of um, ghost stories, um, but this this is um, this is a, one of his Bangsian fantasy uh, novels, and Bangsian fantasy is a kind of fantasy invented by John Kendrick Bangs, um, which is uh, fiction set in the afterlife, or at least hmm. it's if he didn't invent it, it's it's the thing that he has become known for in fantasy. Um, so stories set in the afterlife. So this this sort of reminds me of uh, Mer Lafferty's um, series of uh, Heaven and Hell books. You know, mm-hmm. they're potty books. Um, yeah, yeah. It's sort of, but the the way it's written, it sounds like a combination of Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Um, very old, uh, 19, late nineteenth century. Um, so eighteen ninety seven, I think. Um, but. It starts off with um, Charon. He's he's the ferryman on the River Styx. Um, he's crossing back and forth on on the river, bringing the dead from one side to the other. You know, from the land of the dead into into the Hades proper, getting his money. He's got a monopoly on the river, and as he's he's pontooning himself across, he notices something he's never seen before. Uh, uh, there's a houseboat moored on on the side of the river. And he's really upset. He thinks his monopoly on on transportation of the dead is going to be broken. Um, uh-huh. But it turns out that um, the houseboat has uh, been placed there so he can be the caretaker. But what happens is it's a place for parties. And hmm. it's the excuse the author has to get all the people he likes from history and mythology to get together for dinner parties on on the boat, so you've got every everyone from Shakespeare and Socrates um, to uh, modern um, modern fictional characters sitting on the boat uh, having dinner parties. It's it's kind of like um, R- the River World series from Philip Jose Farmer, but yeah, played more for like comedy that. than for um, for uh, you know some mysterious plot. This grinding away in the background mm-hmm. really clever idea and it feels very modern I was I was reading, I haven't actually listened to it yet but I was uh, reading the text um, and it comes off as really funny there's a site called netlibrary.com mm-hmm. which our our library has subscribed to. Um, I don't know if it's a permanent situation, you know, because I, I live in a small town and um, you know, very limited funds there. So I'm not sure exactly how long we'll get to uh, have this. But what they have, um, the, it's it's a place where you can download eBooks and you can download audiobooks. And all the audiobooks that they have are from recorded books. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. You just go in there and you tell it, uh, I want to check this book out. And then um, there's DRM on it, yeah. which makes it work for about three weeks. Yeah. And then it stops working. Um, 
it really works well. Um, there are some negative things. Um, the first negative thing is it won't play on my iPod. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know why, but there's there's devices that won't work or devices that uh, you know don't play well with the DRM they've chosen, I guess. And iPods are one of them. Um, of course, you know that could be gotten around very easily. So I don't know why uh, people bother with that, but. Um, well, it can be gotten around just by downloading it illegally, right? Well, yeah, you can download it illegally, but uh, you know, but that, anything, that's anything you get into your computer. I mean, I what I do is I play in uh, Windows Media Player, and then I record it. Yeah, but into MP3. It's just so stupid. I mean, it's yeah. it's such a stupid system that it's it's forcing people to do a workaround like that it, it, yeah well what difference yeah, I have does to it do a workaround to, to get it on my iPod you right. know and I so, as long as I'm not making that available to people I don't feel wrong about it I, I don't know you know I've heard people say you know hey we, they don't want you doing even that but um, you know hey if, if I bought a cassette you know you can do what um, you want with it don't worry I could about do that. what I want with it breaking right. breaking there was a, a law that was set to happen right before our federal election was called um, in Canada called Bill C-61. It looks like it's dead now, at least uh, uh-huh. under that name, while we're having another election. Actually, the vote's going to be on Tuesday. Um, and it was it was going to make it illegal to break DRM. So if you're circumventing DRM, whether it... <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's in your privacy or in your own bedroom or whatever, um, it's going. It would be uh, punishable by uh, fines and uh, actually not fines, and, uh, statutory damages. So you, right. you sue me, you get you get to take money away from me. Um, but the uh, just doing what you're doing to make it functional on your 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 device, even though you own the copy and you're not distributing the copy, is what is so ridiculous. I mean, think about it this way. You've got some some audiobook that you want. Um, you, it's available at your library. You get it at your library, but it won't play on your, your MP3 player because your MP3 player um, <clears throat> doesn't support this particular DRM. Um, that's probably supplied by a company called Overdrive, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, and the same exact service is available for... for um, uh, my library, um, but mm-hmm. it's not through Net Library. I actually was writing up a post about this, and I, I never finished it because I guess I was getting too negative. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, but- it's—I mean—the the whole idea of it is excellent. I mean, they're getting audiobooks in people's hands, and um, this is an electronic way to get the audiobooks to people. Um, yeah, the post I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, though. I mean, I understand what you're saying, you know, and and I do agree that it's a pain in the butt for me and stuff. However, if they were to have this net library site, um, if I could go in there and download MP3 versions, um, you know, right now I guess I'm playing devil's advocate. I don't know why. Why is it that they won't do that? And I'm, I'm assuming that the reason is is they figure well, you it's going to get distributed. Someone will come in there and it's going to get distributed. Somebody's going to throw it on a torrent or something like that. Yep. Which will happen. Which is w- more likely. More likely. <clears throat> um, it, it, but the whole point is, uh, yeah, so my, in my post I said basically, uh, this is what I wrote. Um, this is in drafts, so I haven't posted it, but it says, uh, uh-huh. hey, I just discovered this awesome place. It's just like a bookstore, except all the books are free. But you do have to return them. But like uh-huh. I said, the books are free. Um, right. But they, oh, I went on a little twist about uh, co- no coffees allowed in there, like a regular store. <laughs> um, it's really quiet in there. They don't frown at you if you aren't quiet, but they do frown at you if they aren't quiet. If you aren't quiet. Uh, one other cool thing they is that they have free audiobooks, um, but it isn't all new stuff. In fact, a lot of it's still on audio cassette. Uh, but they have free downloadable audiobooks, but they're all DM DRM to hell. Uh, so much for that public library idea. Yeah, it's it's basically a negative post about how public libraries got suckered into this stupid deal. Because I, I did the exact same thing as you. I saw my local library has an uh, overdrive version of Slan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I live in a city with um, a couple of branches. So I could go to um, 
the other branch, which is not going to be, it's actually closed for renovation and won't be available until January, um, and get the hard copy, I guess, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but it's closed, so I can't go there and get Slam. So uh, my choices are download it through OverDrive and get um, a DRM'd one that won't play on anything except for my, my Windows Vista machine. I can't take uh-huh. it portable with me. I'll just sit in front of the computer and listen to a 10-hour audiobook. I don't think so. Right, so my right. choices are either um, not listen to it, listen to it in front of my computer, or download a copy illegally and put it on my iPod so I can listen to something from my local library. It's not It's not reasonable. Yeah. I mean, think of the wasted resources. You've got your computer running for 10 hours so that you can record something to MP3 that is available for... Uh, quick and easy, dirty download from a torrent. Mm-hmm. Why would you do? Why would you waste <clears throat> all that computer energy, uh, all the electricity, all that runtime of your computer <laughs> to do this ridiculous uh, program? I mean, it, it makes sense if you can't find it through a torrent, but it would be stupid of you to do it that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I can't argue with you, but that is the way I, that I've been doing it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's silly, you know, I can go to the library and I can get a CD version, and CDs don't play in my iPod either, so I can no, but you, they, they, Yeah, but yeah. That's, not, that's not because they're full of DRM, it's because they're, no, yeah. they're a different that, that's format. Right. That's exactly iPod right, so all I'm doing, so I'm doing the exact same thing, I'm, I'm uh, converting from one format to another format. Yeah, but the CD version doesn't take the runtime of the entire disc, it, it converts quickly. Yeah, that's and true. And it rips e- extremely quickly. Mm-hmm. And they expect you to do this. This is a, this is a form of uh, uh, acceptable, or uh, if not a completely acceptable, fairly acceptable uh, use. Mm-hmm. Right? In Canada, we we have a um, a levy on on iPods and blank media, right? So that they're assuming the government is assuming and. Uh, everyone is assuming that blank CDs are being filled with um, rips uh, of MP3s and rips of movies and uh, etc. from any source, either your own personal source or whatever. They're assuming that these these uh, media are being filled with um, copyrighted material, and so they mm-hmm. take part of the money that you're spending on copy uh, on on the media and give it to you know recording associations now i unfortunately i think most of that money goes to music they, they they're obsessed with music 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 uh uh-huh. so the music musicians are getting the musicians organizations are getting all the money um where the poor audiobook <laughs> organizations are getting nothing right well so you're advocating that they just do it in MP3 at the beginning. Sure. So now I can now I can go to the the net library. I can take a book out for free, and then I've got it on MP3, which is what it ends up as anyway when I'm doing it the way I'm doing it, right? Or uh, M4A, but, yeah. But the, but the truth is, you know, like uh, on iPods, I can go rent a movie now from Apple. I can go to into iTunes. I can pay you know two dollars and ninety nine cents. And it'll download a movie into my iPod, and I can watch it, and I get it for 24 hours, okay? And then um, it stops working, okay? Yeah. But I'm perfectly satisfied with that. But that's because... Uh, the, that's like the, the problem, deal that I'm making. So, but the, so what I'm saying is, is if NetLibrary worked on my device, I would be perfectly satisfied of course. with the DRM. Okay. Of course you should be. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. The DRM is not... It's not DRM's not evil because... It's DRM. It's evil because it doesn't allow you to do functionality. It takes uh-huh. away functionality. It may, I mean, the whole point of an audiobook is you, you take it portable. It's not sit in front of your computer and listen all day. That's right, yeah. If it was sitting yeah, in front of on, your it computer... Works on, I mean, that library, just so that everyone's clear, it does work on a lot of devices. It just doesn't work on the iPod. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work so, on the major audiobook device. <clears throat> right. If you were yeah, no, talking I, I to anyone you in the world right. and you were I saying, agree with you 100% that it's not right. I'm just trying to, you know, what's the solution? You know, I mean, the publishers could could do that, 
but I can't help but to think that, um, hey, if they put these out there on MP3, now, I mean, you, your your feeling is that it's gonna there's gonna be less piracy. No, I I have but no I have if no. It's, if it's available for free, that. what, that's basically what you're doing is you're making it available for free. Um, then why would anyone buy it? It's not available for free, Scott. You're paying for your library. You pay mm-hmm. for your library and city taxes. That's true. I That's pay for true. my library and city taxes. So mm-hmm. my job is to give my my city tax money to my library. My library takes that money and buys this service that makes my life miserable. And uh-huh. I'm supposed to be happy no, and sit in front of my computer for 10 hours? I don't think so. No. no I mean, I'm, I'm, in if you accept I'm in agreement with that. I'm just trying to decide what's the answer for the publishers. Well, the publishers, I don't think, are really the problem here. I think that the mm-hmm. problem is the idea that the industry uh, should be dominated by, you know, companies that only provide DRM product. Uh-huh. Um, so Blackstone, for example, they're, they've got an MP3 CD program. This is ideal for transferring to an iPod. This is exactly right. what you want. Um, mm-hmm. So when I go into the library and I see an uh, Blackstone audiobook, I'm ha- really happy because that means I have a quick and easy transfer to my iPod. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually got a couple MP3 CD players, but I find that the the sound, uh, the volume for some reason is quite low, and I, f- uh-huh. I find it hard to listen to it on the MP3 CD player. Um, huh. I don't know, that's probably just the model I have. You put in a regular CD, it sounds fine. Normal volume, but uh, MP3 CD player is low. But with a with a DRM'd product, your choices are: do what you do, record the full length of the audiobook to uh, using Audacity, uh, convert it to MP3, and then drag it into your iPod. That'll work. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a whole, it's like digging a ditch and filling it back in all day long. Um, right. When you know you could just unspool a fence and be done with it. But uh, I'm not I'm not so concerned about what the what the what will happen to piracy if if it's all available for free the fact is is music is is all available for free and that hasn't killed the music industry i'm talking like on torrent sites right i don't i don't deal with music all day long but anything you're interested in you can get on a torrent site if you if you're so inclined Mm -hmm. i'm not wrong about this any song that you're interested in you can get on a torrent site right now is it true that every audiobook is out there i don't know Probably a lot of them are, but the point is, is I don't really care if I can get it legitimately. All I want uh-huh. is it on my iPod, so I can listen right. to something I'm interested in. If you make it difficult for me, I'm going to make it as easy as possible for myself, and that doesn't mean I'm going to try and get it for free when I should be paying for it. It means I'm going to try and get it. Right? That that means uh, I'd get it at my local library on CD and copy it over buy a copy if that's feasible but it's just like running a blog post if you've got uh, a blog feed uh, your RSS feed is um, you know just the headline and you know the first two sentences of your story and you force people to go to your website to view the ads um, people are just going to abandon it and will go somewhere else it's not a good Mm. system for your blog's uh, RSS feed you should just give the whole story away and if they want to click through, they will. Driving people to do um, this hoop jumping just makes people uh, ignore you. It hurts publishers to go this uh, extra step. If you examine the overdrive numbers, I'm betting you won't see a giant spike in um, in sales from these. I I believe Audible's getting a giant spike because iPods are the convenient way to do it. Right. Yep. So, uh, get, this is probably why I didn't post that story. Is I'm, I'm just frustrated with the, the fact that uh, why should I be forced to go out and buy another MP3 player because the one I have, the most common one in the world for audiobooks, is not functional with um, the service my library is providing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The thing, the whole thing is very sticky to me. I just don't. Um, I don't like that um, people can get everything for free. Well, um, do you not like libraries? And I know that the publishers don't either. Are you a library think, hater, Scott? No, 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 no. I like the library. 
But that's my um, point: is you're not getting it for free, right? <clears throat> getting getting it from the library is not getting it for free. Oh no 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 no! I meant torrent sites and stuff like that. So th- th- this is what is- publish- this is what publishers are so worried about, right? It's the the fact that you know, hey, um, this thing that we just spend all this money to make and uh, sell our product is now being given away free by uh, pirates. Okay, so it's piracy that they're worried about, and that's why DRM exists in the first place. Because if people weren't doing that, they wouldn't have DRM, right? Okay. Um, think of uh, here's the 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 one thing that made me really think that. That that's not really what they should be worried about. Uh, that uh-huh. that's what they claim to be worried about and stuff. But uh-huh. think of it this way: um, when you go to the bookstore, you're spending money on books, right? Right. Mm-hmm. The author is getting paid because the bookstore bought the books, and they are giving the money from that those books to the author, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to the used bookstore, who gets paid? Nobody. Just the bookstore. Okay. Um, so why w- why shouldn't we make used bookstores illegal? Um, I'd be against that because, you know, the, yeah, the book is an item, right? Yeah. And what difference does that make to the author? It hurts the, the author to have books not automatically explode after they're written. <laughs> I'm serious. No, it hurts yeah, the well, author. I, no, it's the I, logic I, chain. The problem okay. here is, is, is we have this idea that um, – only people will never pay for something that they can get for free. That's the idea we have, right? Uh-huh. The, the truth of the matter is people pay uh, for stuff they can get for free every day. Every day. Uh-huh. Just walk out into the world and tell me that you don't see people carrying water bottles around. Right. This is stuff they yeah. can get for free from their city. Well, they're paying for it from there. They're uh-huh. refusing to get – You know, they're circumventing uh, the, the system they're paying for. Or municipal water system, and spending money on a product that is is unbelievably inexpensive, right? Why are they mm-hmm. doing this for convenience? So why is it why is it more likely that you will go to a used bookstore um, and buy a copy of a book that you're looking for than you will wait for it to come back into into print? Because that's practical and that's reasonable. It's mm-hmm. practical and reasonable. If you make it impractical and unreasonable for people to get uh, the audiobook they want, then you will have the same problem you have with a used bookstore. It, it, Which the is problem, that people will buy used audiobooks. <laughs> or, or whatever. Or, you know, uh-huh. download it from a torrent. The whole point is people will do things that seem uh, like that would be against their interest. Um, but what we're concerned about is that author get gets authors get remunerated right they get paid for their work uh-huh. i have no problem with this this makes sense to me but you don't get money from a stone and think of just the way you started off as a fan of science fiction did you start mm-hmm. off as a fan who was wealthy and rich uh spent spent all your disposable income on science fiction or did you start off as a kid who got gifts from parents and spent a lot of time at the library and went to use bookstores uh, that's exactly right. Okay, you're a guy who yeah. went to used bookstores mm-hmm. looking for books, uh, went to Absolutely. comic mm-hmm. bookstores looking for old comics. You know, uh-huh. you're the guy who <laughs> you just spent uh, money on an Edgar Rice Burroughs book, and guess what? Edgar Rice Burroughs is not getting any money from from that book that you bought for the second time in your life. <laughs> or yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. So right is is that chain of um, of payment uh, immoral? No, it's not. And getting stuff from a torrent site isn't immoral per se. The problem here is if there, we are disconnecting the author from that revenue stream at all, it could be immoral. It could be immoral in some – or yeah. at least unethical in some system. I'm not so concerned about that. I think that, that um, people will do unreasonable things like um, paying for things they don't have to, giving donations to authors – um, maybe the new way of the future, right? I give donations uh, to uh, podcasts or audiobooks that I like, things that I can get for free, because mm-hmm. I say this is a this is a really good thing. It connected with me. Um, I'd like to hear more of it. I don't uh, do that because I feel guilty. I do that because I think 
you know, I'm making a reasonable decision. It might not be reasonable to other people, but I see people carrying wa- bottles of water around and I think they're in completely insane and that they should not have access to bank accounts. Right? Uh-huh. So, it, just the 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 way you're you're going about solving your your library's dysfunctional system. I, the people who set up NetLibrary and OverDrive are not audiobook listeners. If they were, they would know that that's not the way people listen. They don't mm-hmm. DRM their... their uh, I mean, think about it. Imagine you, you rented um, or borrowed the library, library audiobook that you wanted from your library, and you go past the due date. Right, it's automatically deleted from your system. Actually, it's not even deleted; it's just non-functional anymore. Right? It doesn't uh-huh. even delete itself. It just ends up sitting on your computer, not being able to do anything. Um, uh-huh. You could renew it, right? Which would mean you download the whole thing again, <laughs> uh-huh. or, or you could just break the DRM and keep listening. Right. Which Which is more practical? Well, whichever one is more practical is what you'll do. But Ideally, you just want to have the audiobook on your player. And you'll, mm-hmm. you'll support your public library uh, giving them money so that they can buy more stuff. Right? If you, if you wanted to, uh, you know, you'd say, well, libraries are bad for, for authors too because they're giving away a product that shouldn't be used more than once. Well, some authors actually believe that. I know that some authors believe that used bookstores are bad. They refuse to sign uh, used books, old books. They only want to oh. sign new books. They think that their revenue stream will increase if uh, their their audio, not their audio, their their readers are forced to buy more copies of their books. Um, I can understand yeah, it's a very short term desire, but I, it's just so. It's so stupid. Huh. So, um, when when the system seems wrong to you, like when you're doing something so ridiculous, if there's doesn't seem right, the question's being framed wrong. I I think that's really got to be the truth. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yep. So, um, what are you going to do about your DRM to audiobooks at the library? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I'm not being facetious. I actually mean like, uh-huh. um, do you do you anticipate doing this for a long period of time? What you know, like taking the DRM product? You, are you going to buy a new player to just listen to the ones? No, 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 no. Or are you just going to avoid would, it altogether? I would uh, use it only when I can't obtain it another way, which is exactly what I'm doing now. Yeah. But you know, it might it I, might I, make I, you buy more copies. My, mm-hmm. You know, like, you, you go to the library, you, you try and, um, you know, you, you get you get this wonderful copy, and then you can't play it, and then you say, well, well I guess I could just go buy it from the publisher's website. Go to the publisher's website, you buy it, right? Mm-hmm. So, now, are you using the library service anymore? No, well, you're not. You're just you're using the library service as a catalog to find stuff that you want to buy elsewhere. Right, right. Which is how I use Amazon. I use Amazon as a service, <laughs> but you understand Amazon's still doing well, whether I do it that way or not. So uh-huh. the point is, is the library system. If you think the library system is bad, then um, and you can go, you can circumvent it by by uh, purchasing everything. But that's just not going to happen. If you if you don't have an unlimited income, you're going to you know, use the library. You're going to go to used bookstores. You're going to buy it. I used to buy all my audiobooks on eBay, and it wasn't because um, I was particularly cheap, although I am. It's because um, that's the way I could get the product. I couldn't get interlibrary loans to get recorded books and books on tape. And uh-huh. buying, you know, spending $70 on an audiobook or $120 on an audiobook from from uh, the publishers who were not doing retail when I started listening to unabridged audiobooks would be impossible. What uh, what is the practical upshot of of the overdrive style live library system? Is it uh, you more use of the library, or is it just sort of an anecdotal thing? Like it's out there and nobody's going to use it. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. I ma- well, I imagine that you know people that. It's been around a few want years. Want to use it a lot? They'll use they'll use the uh, 
they'll get the device that works with it. You know, I, I don't know. Because, I mean, like I said earlier, if it worked with my iPod, I'd be perfectly satisfied with it. Yeah, but, you know, I, I think I think that I've never been able to get mine to work properly. Um, I had to, yeah. I assuming that you know, just bookmarks, just like a regular Audible one, it would probably be just fine. But failing that, failing the fact that you know, I'm not going to go out and buy another MP3 player, carry two MP3 players around with me all the time. You know, I got to think about it some more. Well, you mean on the overdrive? No, just on DRM in general. You know, DRM. You know, the the ideal thing. You know, according to you know, like Corey Doctor and I'm assuming like yourself, is basically, hey, no DRM. And you know, the the reason that publishers do DRM in the first place is. They're trying to prevent piracy. It's a circumvention thing. They want you to avoid um, any... They, they want to maximize the revenue stream. Yeah, they want to maximize their revenue stream by uh, not letting people have it for free. But at the same time, you know, they, they, they put it on audio CD, they put it on audio CD, and then I can share it with whoever I want. But you could you know. do that anyway, Scott. Yeah, I could. Duh. No, that's what I'm saying. That's my point of that. So, and you're more likely. <clears throat> look, but if, you know, if, if you, I if, if I look you... at my if I look at my own usage, if I get it on MP3, I have given that to other people before, where I'm like, oh man, there was this really great book. Um, here, uh, if you want to listen to it, you can have a copy of it right here. Mm, right? Yeah. So. If so I have, how is that different if I have from- a hardcover, if I had to have a hardcover book, yeah. you know, um, the latest Stephen King or whatever, yeah, I, you can lend I it to your wife reading, and she can and read I lend it. it, and I, yeah, and that, that's it. But it's not multiple copies. And yeah. is that what they're thinking about? Uh, okay, well, here I I thought of one really cool way to um, to avoid uh, the problem that you have that multiple copies are bad, right? Multiple uh-huh. copies are if if multiple copies are what the evil part of you know the immoral part of it is. Here's my idea, okay? Mm-hmm. You you have a a two hour movie and you treat it like a torrent. That is, it's on only one computer at a time. Any one part of the movie, any one frame of the movie is on any one computer at a time. Okay, so I'm watching the movie. I only have the one frame that I'm watching. You have a movie, you're all, you only have the one frame that I'm watching. You can have thousands of people watching one copy of the movie at a time. Uh-huh. This is oh, this is completely avoiding, <laughs> um, you know, having more than one copy of the movie circulated. But I'm sharing it with my friends, right? I buy the movie and I share only one frame at a time with my friends. Uh, we're watching them sequentially. We could do it as a, a TV show if, if, if you want to make it even easier. 20, 20 part TV show, 20 episode TV show. I watch the first mm-hmm. episode, you're watching the second episode. My friend Joe is watching the third episode. Right? Mm-hmm. Then we all switch. Only one copy is available on each computer at, at the time. That's mm-hmm. what's, what it's like to have an audiobook that you're sharing with your friends. If it, it, just because we're listening to it at the same time doesn't make it more immoral than us listening to it sequentially. It, well, it, if, yeah, if it did, then it'd be yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 but I, I'm assuming what they're worried about is, <clears throat> okay, I, I have an audiobook, I make a copy of it, and I give it to you. You've got friends. You make a bunch of copies of it, and you give it to them. So you're saying, well, if this was a book, you know, a hardcover book, and I read it, then I gave it to you, then you gave it to the next person, then you gave it to the next person. There's nothing immoral about that. No. Right? But but for some uh, reason... Some people would say there is. The publishers would say there is. Some authors oh, say I, there is. But no, I certainly have no problem with that. Yeah, I, I would disagree with them on that. Right, so if you accept that, that's okay. <clears throat> So, but then, yeah, if I have an audiobook and I give it to you, and then, um, you know, you give it to, you know, three friends, and those three give it to three more, now you've got, you know, you, you, you've got a hundred copies, and anyone who wants it free can get it for free. Well, who, who's going to buy it? Well, first of all, the one guy. <laughs> yeah, the one guy bought it. The one guy it, yeah. bought it. Okay. Uh-huh. 
Because you know what you're saying makes sense, you know, to a point, but it could get out of hand. But do you think? Do you think that that's actually the way that the system works? Do you think that it's um, actually the case I think that, that I, that, I think that that's what they him? fear. I think that's what they fear Ab- because absolutely, um, there are, there are so many audiobooks out there right now that. Um, I got I got to ask you, my friend. Um, mm-hmm. Did uh, did this happen with the most pirated uh, book of all time? The most pirated book of all time is got to be what? Harry Potter, right? Probably so, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. did this happen oh, yeah. that the publisher didn't get any revenue and, and then J.K. Rowling is, is <laughs> no, they, dying they in the gutter of, of, of a homeless homelessness and a lack of food? They got plenty of revenue, yeah. Yeah. It, in, in fact, fact there's, a, there's an example of a torrent that I actually used. I wanted to hear. <laughs> I wanted to hear. I, I bought every Harry Potter audio I hope Harry this Potter is still recording, audiobook. buddy. Yeah, it is recording. Good stuff. I bought, I bought every Harry Potter audiobook. In the United States, okay. Mm-hmm. Every time one came out, I bought it because uh-huh. um, that's you know I, I like that more than reading them. I, I thought they were fabulous audiobooks. Mm-hmm. But Stephen Fry read them in England, mm-hmm. so I wanted to hear what that was like. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather than buy it again, I went and got a torrent. And is this a like a confessional thing? Did you tell your priest? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> you, do you feel that you should? I didn't. I no, I don't. Why Maybe not? That's wrong. Because, because you spent the money. You spent the money. You spent that's the money. Exactly have right. you supported uh, Random House? And have you supported um, J.K. Rowling? Yes, you have. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> uh, will you still be spending money on J.K. Rowling books in the future? Yes, you will. Yes, I will. Um, uh-huh. If you if you go with the chain logic that for every enjoyment of a product there must be financial remuneration to the author um guess what when i buy an audiobook or i buy a product i expect to be able to use it and share it with my friends and that does not mean share it with everybody in the whole world and everybody's going to get a copy and the author's not going to get any money that's not what i'm talking about i mean share it with my friends and guess what some of my friends are going to say wow that's really great i'm going to go buy some other stuff from this author and they will yeah. Even if you have lots of uh, violations of copyright, people are making money off of, you know, copying products and uh, all that stuff. If somebody is making money off of selling copies, that's entirely different than sharing a copy. And right. the reason it's entirely different is money is changing hands that the author is not getting remunerated for. If I go to my library and I uh, borrow uh a book that they purchased on my behalf for the city that I live in, and I share that audiobook with you, no money is changing hands. However, Mm -hmm. if I take that copy and I start selling it and start changing hands, money starts changing hands, I give the copy to you, um, and you pay me, then the author Mm -hmm. is, is being cut out of the system. But in fact, it works the opposite way. If you make it available for free in some manner by a torrent or whatever, <laughs> buying a copy is less likely, not more likely. Right? Because why would you buy it when you can get it for free? <laughs> you right. can't have it yep. both ways. You can't say that uh-huh. – <laughs> the, the companies can't say that uh, they're losing money because people are giving it away for free and they're losing money because people are selling it. <laughs> I understand the 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 former. I don't understand the lot. You know, you can't make both arguments at the same time. Um, but on the other hand, you can because people are sell- people are selling LibriVox titles on eBay. Okay, how is this mm-hmm. possible month after month? How can you sell an audiobook that you can get for free? Well, people want it when they want it, how they want it. Mm-hmm. Right? You yeah. can sell legitimately on LibriVox. Uh, uh, anything that's on LibriVox on on uh, eBay, you just put your pack and put it on a CD and sell it as a package. You can re-edit it, you can remix it, you can you know uh, add your own music to it, whatever you want to do. Um, you could do that, and people don't make a lot of money doing it, I assume, but they do sell it. So, mm. is this because um, you know it's not available for free? No, they even mention on most of the on most of the uh, advertisements that's available on LibriVox for free. So, <laughs> people want bottled water. It doesn't mean <laughs> that the municipal water system is going out of business. It just means that some people want it a certain way. Right. And well, I, I think just, you know, the, the paper 
the paper used bookstore is the the perfect example. I love paper used bookstores not because they have uh, uh, they're circumventing the payment to authors, and I hate authors, and I want to take away all their money. I go to the used bookstore because that's where I can find books that I can't find at the regular bookstore. Mm-hmm. Right, and I'm not gonna. It's not reasonable to wait for it to come back into print. <clears throat> yep, it's not realistic. And if if there was a if there was a way to automatically give money to authors after you enjoyed one of their books, um, people would use it. Mm-hmm. Um, there there's a uh, there's a few experiments. Um, I know the the Liadin books. They they um they release them when um, enough money's been generated to pay for them. So uh, if you like their books, you like their series of books, you you pay. Uh, your money up front, and when enough people have paid the money, then they write the book. <laughs> I think this is a funny way of doing it. Um, uh-huh. But I guess, you know, make sure that there's going to be enough audience to, to make it worth their while. Um, it's probably less gambling than most writing of... Uh, I mean, if everybody who wrote got paid, then um, there would be a lot more justice in the world, but most people write the novel and then they don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. There's thousands and thousands of unpaid uh, uh, novelists out there, and they're not going to get paid. Not because they didn't put in the hard work, just like any other author did. It's because they're not as talented, or they're not as uh, original, or they're not as skilled. Right. Um, it, it's uh, you can't you can't play the justice card when when it comes to uh, authors and their their hard work because guess what lots of people aren't getting paid for their hard work <laughs> i think you do much that better so. being sympathetic than you do uh being hard ass and and unreasonable it just it just doesn't make sense to me so what what are you right. seriously going to do about your library problem <laughs> it's a, it's not a huge problem i don't i you know i've got enough audiobooks that uh, it doesn't. I don't run into it all that often. But what I'm saying is, I I don't think you're going to use it. I don't think you're going to use. No, it I'm probably service. not going to use it. Right. Yeah. If if uh, if there's a torrent available, it's the same thing as converting it. Yeah. Well, no, it's good that your library is is buying the books you want. It's unfortunately that you can't use them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So right. you can. I mean, one thing you could do is you could encourage your library to keep buying these overdrive books, and then just whenever they've got one, you, if you wanted to follow the chain, you could, you know, you, you see they've got in stock. Oh, great! I can go look for a torrent. Um, uh-huh. how, what difference would that make? Right? It might be yeah. a temptation to get stuff your library doesn't have. Uh-huh. Yes, but um, that, that's one one way you could do it. <laughs> This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.